The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. We're doing a two-in-one-day recording, and I realized what we didn't talk about on our first recording, Zachariah. Also, I'm Kennedy Catherine. Oh, and I'm not Zachariah Walters. But welcome to the Bloody Podcastacre. That is us. Yesterday, Zach and I attended a fancy dinner party. Oh, that we did. It was at my house. Yes, but, I but was, it was fancy and none the fucking less. And I was more in attendance than I was hosting. Really, because my roommate is the professional hostess. With the mostess. But we, I think, both discovered that we are the worst dinner party guests. When you want... Sorry, That's mine, okay. it feels so crooked. If you want to see stains, if you want to hear burps, <laughs> if you want to deal with a wax spill, invite Zach or myself or both of us to a dinner party. And, and we will mess it up. We will deliver on all of those things. Wow, we were... Horrifying, <laughs> horrifying guests. Once again, it's my house, so I have an excuse. But I don't. I tried so hard not to spill the bread oil, and it just happened. There was no way not to. It was very, uh, it was very spillable. Well, also oil. It just gets everywhere. Yeah, and oil stains like a motherfucker too. I know, but your roommate, God bless her, decided to champion re- that. Yeah, and do it all before she went to bed. Yeah, and then she finished it all before I even woke up this morning. Of course. Virgo. You know. Classic. Classic. So this week we are back for another new release. The sequel, remake, kind of questionable. It apparently is a direct tie-in sequel, sequel. to the yeah. original. Yes. It, not have to you seen its the, remakes. Sorry, have you seen the original? I did about 10 years ago. I'm um, in the same boat. And I haven't seen it since. I'm in the same boat. And I feel like I would like to rewatch the original because... Back when I was, like, 14, 13, scary movies just, like, were in and out. Like, you don't gain anything from them. In in what way? In, like, that I don't remember the storyline. Right. I don't remember nuances and everything that, like, went into Candyman. Mm, mm-hmm. Versus now where I would be way more invested in what Candyman has to say. Yes, that's... I mean, that now that I've seen this r- sequel... <sighs> What's a better word for sequel? Because it's not a direct sequel. I think sequel is the only word. Yeah. But it is apparently a sequel. Um, I think that I should just rattle it off and we'll get into it. And the movie that we're talking about, though. Is Candyman. I said that. Did we? I did. Didn't I? I'm questioning it. I am too. But Candyman. Candy... Not by Christina Aguilera, but a great song. So this is the plot for Candyman, I say, as I watch Zach suckle the last of a cider in the most aggressive way. I literally was just like, this would be fun to let it drip into my mouth. And I forgot that people are around me to watch. Yeah, just me. Should we also clarify that this is the remake? Did we t- I mean, This is the 2021 version. Yeah, we've definitely more than, that. more than made that clear. Sequel. Okay. Artist Anthony lives in Chicago with his girlfriend, art gallery director, Brianna. Brianna's brother, Troy, tells them the urban legend of Helen Lyle, a graduate student who went on a killing spree in the early 90s. Her rampage ended with a bonfire outside the Cabrini Green housing project where she attempted to sacrifice a baby. 
The residents were able to rescue the child before Helen threw herself in the fire. For clarity, Helen is the character from the 1992 Candyman movie. Desperate for a creative spark, Anthony roams Cabrini Green for inspiration. He meets William, a laundromat owner who introduces... Why do you say it like that? William. What? William? William. What am I saying? William. 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 (laughs) Am I saying something different than you are? Yeah. William. I feel like you're adding an extra... Will... I say like William. Okay, well, the name is spelled W-I-L-L-I-A-M. William. You're saying William. Yeah. That's not how... William. William. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What is this all over again? Graham. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying this is how I say it. And that's (laughs) how I'm going to say it. He meets William, a laundromat owner who introduces him to the story of the Candyman. When William was a child in 1977, he had a frightening encounter with Sherman Fields, a hook-handed man who police believed was responsible for putting a razor blade in a piece of candy given to a white girl. William accidentally alerted the police to Sherman's presence inside the walls of the apartment building, leading them to beat him to death. When children continued to receive candy with razor blades inside, Sherman was proven innocent, and the legend started that if someone said Candyman five times to a mirror, his spirit would appear and kill the summoner. Inspired, Anthony develops an art exhibit around the legend and showcases it at Brianna's art gallery. He's disappointed when it isn't received well. One of Brianna's co-workers and his girlfriend are slaughtered after saying Candyman's name five times in front of the exhibit consisting of a mirror. The legend spreads and more people are killed. Anthony begins to undergo a physical transformation, starting with a bee sting on his hand that develops into a scab spreading across his entire body. He goes to a hospital where he learns that his mother lied about where he was born. She reluctantly reveals that he was the baby rescued from a fire the night Helen died. But the truth was, Helen actually saved him from the original Candyman, who abducted him to sacrifice in the fire. The community had vowed never to repeat the Candyman's legend after that night, and she fears what will happen now that someone has broken the pact. Anthony leaves, resigned to his fate, and wanders through the Cabrini Green row houses. Brianna goes to Cabrini Green to find him. At the laundromat, she's attacked by William, who takes her to an abandoned church where Anthony, his body deteriorating, is waiting. William reveals he not only witnessed Sherman's death, but he also saw his spirit return as the Candyman. He plans to have the police gun Anthony down to create a new legend as an instrument of vengeance, rather than a symbol of black pain and suffering. To complete Anthony's transformation, he saws off his hand to replace it with a hook. Brianna manages to escape the church and is chased by William, whom she stabs to death. Anthony appears and collapses into her arms as the police show up and shoot him dead. Brianna is arrested and handcuffed. An officer attempts to intimidate her into agreeing that Anthony provoked the police, but Brianna uses the police's rearview mirror to summon the Candyman. He appears, now in Anthony's guise, and massacres the police. As more police arrive at the scene, Anthony takes on the appearance of the first Candyman and instructs Brianna to tell everyone. Candyman. Candyman. I did like this movie Mm -hmm. for the surface level of what it was. I think that... Not remembering what the original was about, yeah, and going into this, it was enjoyable, um, and I think that it's just like a good like surface level horror movie for horror fans, but also people who aren't into horror. I think that like it's kind of like an entryway movie. It feels like because it's more about social issues at the end of it, even though it has some good gore. It does. Um, it's very much a Jordan Peele esque movie, even though he was just a producer on it. Mm-hmm. 
because it does have, you know, your good laughs it had throughout. It had some good jump scares. It has some good gore. And then it has the flip side of it being about gentrification and microaggressions and social issues. And straight up aggressions, police brutality. Yes. Um, I also very much loved the cinematography in this movie. It yeah. was gore just every time that they would do the upside down shots of chicago mm-hmm. i was like this is so so cool the puppetry was also yes. such an amazing addition it just like it all tied together so well mm-hmm. and i think that the like overall story arc of this movie was good it like flowed very well it set up like Candyman very well but then i also didn't like that it was like trying to be, like, this, like, thing for white people to, like, fawn over to be, like, oh, well, it's all just about social issues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very much just, like, a light dusting of it. Right. I have a lot of... level. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. You, you did text me that you were ready to... You wrote a full think piece. And I'm kind of ready for you just to get into it. Pop off wig. All right. Speaking well, of wigs... Yeah? Kennedy is not wearing one, but she currently has <laughs> pink hair pink hair how do you feel about it i i actually really like oh, it oh thank you um i like that it's sort of faded pink mm-hmm. um it's not like a hot pink no it's, and just it's very just, light it's very much just like the front part of your like framing of your hair which is very nice it's very in hair right now thank you now let me launch into some racial uh, <laughs> issues so i will admit that when i was doing my notes about this i was a little bit hesitant and it's not because i don't want to talk about it or I didn't enjoy this movie but because it touches so heavily on racial issues and I just I'm not an authority on how those stories should be crafted or told or what that should look like yeah well neither of us are no and overall for me I would not call this movie a wild success but that is just from my critical standpoint of my enjoyment but In the it, fact of, like, storytelling or just overall? I just didn't... Th- you know, the story was fantastic. And I did like mm-hmm. the cinematography. I just didn't feel... It wasn't a movie that I overall was entertained by. And I don't think that that needs to be the point. That was just my feeling, particularly coming off of, like, a malignant that was really sort of thrilling. This didn't really provide that. But I don't think that needs to be the point. It's just difficult to talk about because the tones and the themes of this movie as a privileged white woman, I'm not going to inherently understand the nuances of this. So I'm going to defer to some reviews to give a better perspective. So in a review for Vulture, Angelica J. Bastien, a black essayist and critic who specializes in horror and depictions of women in madness, called Candyman a soulless didactic reimagining the most disappointing film of the year so far, writing that it highlights, quote, not only the artistic failures of the individuals who ushered it to life, but the artistic failures of an entire industry that seeks to commodify blackness to embolden its bottom line. That So that was that. There was a really fantastic and thorough review by Robert Daniels, a Chicago-based critic who runs 812 Film Reviews. Okay. Great website. I would go check it out. Um, And he sort of expressed similar disappointment with the film in his review for Polygon.com. And he described it as a cluttered, preachy, and not nearly scary enough film. He wrote a lot about the way that the film fails to convey the importance of Cabrini Green, which I've been to, by the way. I can talk about that after. But he wrote that the lack of visual metaphor makes the film's exploration of gentrification more of an assemblage of nonspecific dialogue. It talks about what gentrification is but not what it looks like. 
I honestly really encourage anyone to go read that. It's a very thorough and long review. And Kay Austin Collins for Rolling Stone. Yes, this remake is brutal and timely, but it also overreaches for relevance. What the movie's effortful attempts at symbolism and meaning do most effectively are undercut what is smart about the questions it raises. The movie wants to be more than it is. The result is that it winds up amounting to less than it could have been. So these are all reviews from Black critics. And quite honestly, I couldn't find a ton of reviews from Black critics specifically that were in favor of this movie. I know that it's doing well, Mm -hmm. but I'm not entirely sure why. Sort of the thought that I was having about that is... Sorry, when you say doing well, do you mean doing well in terms of review or doing well in terms of box office box office um, i feel like the reason consumer review i feel like the reason for box office is because it is a sequel and because there is the name like jordan peele attached to it yes that people will go see it no matter what and so that's my just kind of idea of why box office would be right in favor or high because of those two factors right so as i was reading these reviews i was just thinking about all of it. And I have to wonder if tackling those issues is sort of set up for failure, given the sensitivities and how deeply nuanced this whole thing is. Because, you know, there are there are inherent similarities experienced by people of marginalized mm-hmm. groups, but everyone is going to feel or perceive that experience differently. I think it would be impossible to speak to any one person. And something that I was toying around with in my mind, and I don't want to compare this to something that it's not the same as, but as a lesbian, we see any time an LGBTQ film is made, it is held to this impossible standard Mm -hmm. because there is so few of these movies that everyone wants to see themselves reflected in it. And when they don't, they feel like they and those issues have been mismanaged by the people in power to create these films. But the argument that I always fall back on with that is that though I feel that crushing disappointment sometimes when I see those things, it's like those people who are making these films are suffering under the weight of social pressure. Mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to LGBTQ films or... Issues that aren't no, no, related to a white experience. Well, yeah, but not even that. Just like starring black people or around black stories is that... <sighs> We should have so many of them that if something is not good, it doesn't suffer under the weight of everything that it's not doing. And I think the only reason that Candyman doesn't really get away with that is because it sets itself up to tackle those issues and then does it in an extremely shallow sort of way. But also feels like it it just doesn't deal with them at all. Right. It Be- talks about it, but it doesn't really do there's it. No, there's no payoff. Right. There's no, like, kind of full circle moment where you're like, okay. It's a horror movie, so it's not deeply... It's not, like, a deeply intelligent social commentary. And I think that in 2021... And I'm not... Spe- I, I don't want to say that African-American people are looking for this. I think this is also white people looking mm-hmm. for to take comfort and stuff like this as well, because we are self- self-serving idiots. But it's like people are looking for a bigger sort of like emotional payoff. And mm-hmm. this doesn't give that. And I, on both ends, I'm like, I, that's a fair critique. But also those things should be allowed to be made without everyone being upset about it. Yeah. No, I agree. Twofold. Twofold. I haven't heard that saying in a while. <laughs> Felt, I don't know. That threw me through a loop. Sorry. 
one thing that I was reading through, like, an- another article, on, well, article, a post on Reddit, was that it was trying to talk about this deep message about displacement and gentrification, but the characters in it were not affected by those issues at all. And it's not that they oh, had right. to be, because not every individual goes through things like that, but it's just very interesting that they made that point. Well, I think that's, once again, the thing of, like, does every movie about the experiences of a marginalized group have to highlight the people who experience that? No, we should have enough access. Those stories should be told enough that we don't just have to see that. Mm -hmm. But once again, to that reviewer's point, it talks about what it is, but doesn't show you what it is because Mm -hmm. these characters specifically are not dealing with that. It's very interesting. There's a lot of like, I know you said twofold, but like there's two parts to like every view in this movie. Yeah, I think that I think there's always just multiple ways that you can look at anything. Mm-hmm. When I was reviewing or like going through my notes today and trying to find like some points to talk about, we talked about how that we saw Candyman when we were younger, but I said specifically that I don't remember the like contents of it other than the hook pretty much mm-hmm. and then the bees. And so when I was reviewing it, and by reviewing it, I mean making notes, I noticed that a lot of people were saying that the original did this way, way better. Which is interesting because it was a white yeah. creator mm-hmm. and director. So I would that's hard. A lot of people on Reddit were saying like that the message and everything came across so much better in the original and that it didn't seem like it was just tacked on at the end almost. And that it like had a better payoff story-wise in the original. And I feel like I need to go rewatch the original now just so that I can... Mm-hmm. I want to have a sense to compare them, even though I feel like they shouldn't be because they are two different time periods in history, essentially. Well, that's the thing. I would argue that that is not a fair argument because in 1992, when the original movie came out, anything that any person sort of made about those issues for mainstream media would have been glorified because it wasn't in social consciousness in the same way. In 2021, you can't do that because everything is put under this microscope where everyone thinks they're an expert and everyone Mm -hmm. has access. Everyone has an opinion about these things. Mm -hmm. I would say, I read a review that basically said, this movie took back a story, a story centered in the experience of blackness. It took it back from the hands of white people, but at what cost was basically Mm -hmm. what they were saying. There was way more room for failure in 2021 than there was in 1992. I don't yeah. really know if comparing the two is a fair critique. No, yeah, that is, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Let's talk about what we liked about this movie. Okay. So one thing that I loved about this movie, and we talked about the cinematography, but I actually really loved the character development through this whole movie. I agree. There was some points towards the end where you were like, what is happening? More specifically with, I don't remember his name, but he worked at the... William. William, right. Um, His character felt randomly thrown in right at the end, where it was like all of a sudden he was very crazed. Yeah, I didn't expect that. In the very beginning, when we have Anthony talking with Troy and kind of getting the ideas from Troy of like his art and what to do next through the story of Helen and the original Candyman, and then it's slowly leading into this like him and his art piece and then into like this whole media thing i really enjoyed the like pace of the movie because i thought i didn't find that i was bored during any of it but it also set up this like 
this whole idea of like lore with the Candyman, and that I was like, I do not want to go look in the mirror. I will not be saying the Seaman <laughs> word. Yeah, no. At any point, I was like, I don't like this at all. It was like very creepy. It like made me feel inside like those like weird like shivers you get. Yeah. And I liked that. And like we mentioned, the gore in this movie was so so good. Mm-hmm. When he was peeling his hand Ugh. multiple times, I made that reaction sitting on this couch watching it. I was mm-hmm. like. <laughs> You made a really good point before about how you think this would be a great series. I deeply agree with that. Yeah, I think that if it was like an episodic limited series and where it was able to flesh out a little bit more of the storylines through 10 episodes, it would be fantastic. Well, because there's so many different things happening in this movie and not one of them felt unimportant. And I would have loved to see the full story of all of these people. I would have loved to know yeah. Brianna's entire backstory as an yes. art gallery director. I would have loved to see their relationship. I would have loved to see his journey. And his relationship with his mom. Yeah. And the relationship with, I mean, a lot of the people died. But like even the director, or not the director, his friend who was kind of, who, what was his name? The one who died in the art gallery. Oh, I don't remember. But, like, that relationship would have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, William, like, his backstory right? with the original Candyman mm-hmm. and how he saw him kill his sister. There was so much there that you could make this a 10-episode series. Yeah, and it would have been so, so good. I agree. And it could have been left on so many cliffhangers at the end of episodes. And mm-hmm. the problem with horror, I find, horror series, people get so bored of it so quick. Yeah. And you can't have that same level of gore, I find. It's very rare that I see horror movie or horror movies gore level in TV series. I think it's just because it's so much more it's spread out over so much more that it's less impactful. Right. Yeah. In an hour and a half when you're seeing the full story, like you are sitting at a certain level of adrenaline the whole time. Mm-hmm. Whereas any horror series that is more paced, that is going to give you more downtime, you're just not going to feel the impact as heavily. Right. But and that's a good was, thing with a story like this. And especially if it was to come out weekly, yeah. you would forget about a lot of it over the next week. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it would have made a very good TV series. There's so many stories to tell within this story. Um, I don't think that you got to say what you loved. Oh. Just because you mentioned the TV series. I really, really, really loved the cinematography. The puppetry I thought mm-hmm. was a really cool addition. The first time it came up, I found the it like almost unsettling. Yeah. And I really they were liked so, it. so detailed. Yeah. Um, the puppets that was. Yeah. Um, I loved the way that they sort of gave you a historical context as mm-hmm. well. I don't know exactly when or where or how, but when I was a little bit younger, maybe like ten years ago. I saw a documentary about Cabrini Green. And then I went to Chicago to visit a friend and I was telling her that I had seen this documentary. And then we watched another documentary about it. And I was just sort of fascinated by it because living where we live, that's not a sort of prevalent um, cultural experience, I guess. There was nothing to see, really. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to objectify in the way of like, I'm going there to look at people. That's not what it was about. I just wanted to see the area. But it is when it's the movie first started, I forgot that it had that tie in. And it was sort of funny when it first started. I was like, oh, I've, I've been there. But yeah, I appreciate the sort of historical tie in. The gore was great. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really cool technical stuff. The scene where he goes to visit this art critic and he leaves her house and they pull, they do the outside so, shot. So good. They pan out slowly from. Oh, it's so the, good. They pan out slowly from the view outside of her apartment window mm-hmm. 
and she slowly just like gets lifted up into the air by an invisible candy man because we never see him um unless he's in a mirror for some reason she literally is floating and then gets thrown against the like patio or just like house window Mm -hmm. chef's kiss that was so so good good. there was another moment that i absolutely loved the nice thing about the technical part of this movie is a lot of it is a still shot of like a ground but then there's a mirror in it so you're looking at another perspective and so when the five school this five students in the school were in the bathroom and Mm -hmm. then the one leaves and the other one comes in and hides that whole scene where the blood was dripping down and it was like a wall of like goop that was so good and then we just saw through the small compact mirror on the ground majority well all of the students being killed i loved that there were some really cool choices mm-hmm. i also think that the kitchen i think you already said this but the character development was really good mm-hmm. i think a lot of times when a movie is that short because it's only an hour and 30 minutes yes, and they pack a lot in there quick. yeah when you have a horror movie where there's like a whole other thing happening, but you're expected to invest yourself in the characters and the relationships, it can be hard mm-hmm. to toe that line where people actually care. But I cared about everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they did really great character development without making anybody sort of like a stereotypical anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird though, because Brianna's brother, Troy, yeah. and his boyfriend, partner, why did I say it like that? They're gay. They introduced them and then they pulled them out real fast and then brought them back in for like a split second in the middle and they were gone again. Well, Troy was in the end. True. But them as a couple together, they like introduced them and then they were like, your time's up. Mm -hmm. That's the only character where I was like, I wish that they were in it kind of throughout it more. Yeah. They were just kind of sprinkled in. Mm -hmm. That's another one of those things where as a gay person where it's like, okay, we get it. We got, we got the gay casting and we've got the very sorry, sort of stereotypical gay character. But at the same time, why not have that? I don't know. I get myself a little bit confused about those things where I tell myself, why can't we just have people who are gay for the sake of being gay? Because that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But also people who have a more, um, who have that presence that is more stereotypically seen, I have plenty of friends who present the same way. So why shouldn't they be represented? Mm -hmm. So I get myself a little, uh, I have no answers on that. I just get myself a little fucked around on that whole idea. That's fair. Yeah. So one thing I want to kind of go into, somebody made a list of all like the loose threads slash plot holes that they kind of picked out on Reddit. And some of them I'm like, that doesn't matter because it's not the point of the story i feel it's the first thing was why was Candyman only visible in a mirror and only sometimes throughout the movie what do you mean so like there was points where Candyman was only visible in the mirror right but then there was also points where Candyman was visible outside of that oh right so like just sort of based on the viewer perspective yeah well i think because it's the viewer perspective sometimes we're seeing what the people are seeing and then sometimes we are seeing what we're what anthony seeing. was seeing when did, we, was... when did we see Candyman outside of the mirror, outside of the times where he thought he was seeing him? Outside of memories of other people, flashbacks. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's a real plot hole, though. Someone put, why wasn't the art critic's death investigated further, and why didn't his girlfriend get suspicious about it? I don't think that she got suspicious, because she didn't fully know. Yeah, I also think that that's one of those like time saver things where we can probably assume that there's stuff happening in the background that we yeah. as an audience just don't know about. But also like that it's not relevant to the story of her investigative death. Right. Why did he go to the hospital but seemingly didn't get any treatment? 
I wondered about that too. The whole hospital scene seemed like just very um, necessary to the plot, but not in actuality. They also said, why did the random guy suddenly have a plan to revive the Candyman legend? And what exactly was going on with that? I also had that question. I said, what was his motive? I don't really understand. No. And then the last one was, why was the whole movie basically explaining the first movie? (laughs) They had to. They sort of had the impossible task of doing that. And I appreciate that they tied in those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've never seen... I want to say that there's three original Candyman movies. There is, yes. I haven't seen either of the other two. Oh, I've heard that the second one is awful and that... Or no, the third one is awful and that the second one looks like a Godfather movie compared to it. Was a review I read. No, I'm like, have I even seen all of them? What is that? I am not kidding. What is that? There's a child walking inside of the hallway. That was fucking terrifying. <laughs> that sounded like that was in here. I know. I kind of got spooked. Ew. <laughs> That's kind of like the only plot holes that this person mentioned or like the ones that I can think of. The other one that I didn't want to mention, but I feel like I will because I have an answer for it. Okay. Is it said, what was the point of the deaths in the school with the five people? That is just very typical of, like, high school energy where you see something on the media and you get all of your friends to try it with you. Right. Like, it's... I think it was just another... It was a plot point to show that this urban legend is spreading. Yeah. And Sorry. No, I was just going to say probably what you were going to say. Yeah, and also the point of these five white girls are bullying this young African-American girl kind of lends to the whole Mm -hmm. idea of Candyman... Uh, (laughs) I was like, what are you trying to say? I was like, making white people suffer as he should. Like, I, yeah. yeah. One thing that I, just because maybe I don't know the whole story of it and I don't remember the original, what is the point of the bees? I cannot recall myself. And I tried to Google it and I was like, what is the point of the bees in Candyman? And all that I got was that in the original movie, the bees that were on him were real bees and they were only 12 hours old. So that the stingers were not as powerful. Okay. And that's the only thing that I found. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, is it because you have this... In my mind, I was like, okay, blood is sweet, honey is sweet. You have this weird connection of these bees being drawn to sweet things. Like, I was trying to, like, piece together something. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I... Unless there's, like, a clear answer that I just haven't found yet or that I am aware of. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I just also found... This, when I typed in bees and Candyman, in the original movie, they used 200,000 real honeybees, and most of the crew wore bodysuits so that they would be protected from the stings, but then Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 of each of the 23 bee stings that he received during filming. Good job. Right? That is a nice $23,000 on your on your paycheck at the end of the day. So, this is what the bees mm. symbolize. In the concrete tombs of urban housing, bees become a rarity, a reminder of the rural... Oh, I just going to add. A reminder of the rural sentiments and natural world which such a city manages to subdue. They reflect the candy man himself, something which has long been buried beneath modern ways of thinking, but eventually comes bubbling to the surface. Very interesting. Yeah, I do like that. I do too. Also, there's so many things like, why does he have a hook? Why does he have a hook? Like this little prosthetic. I'm sure there's so many questions that we are asking that are answered in the original film that we should probably just shut up. I'm just now trying to see if I can find. Nope. Can't find anything. Oh my gosh. Candyman 3 is set in 2020. Weird. When did it come out? 1999. Strange. 
Candyman 2021 is set in 2019. Yes. Weird. Overall. Go ahead. We, we do have one thing to talk about. Oh, what? We have to add the art critic, Finley's apartment, to our list of the Bloody Podcastikers headquarter houses. I would rather add Anthony and Brianna's. Okay. Their apartment was also beautiful. Georgina. If, okay, here's what I would like. Combined. Their apartment, yes, but with the structure. I just loved... So in Finley's apartment, who is the art critic, she has this, like, rounded almost apartment where the layout is almost, like, circular, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The rooms and all of the, like, walls are, like, on an angle and on a curve. And one of the doors is, like, this weird half-archway frosted glass that was beautiful that I really liked. And there was archways in, like, just the hallway and... It was all beautiful. Yes, but Anthony and Brianna's apartment was also beautiful. So first we have the house for Mother. My lip is bleeding. Then, what was number two? We just said it like two weeks ago. We were just talking about this. What have we done recently? Was it the house from your next? No. No. Why did we just make the exact same face <laughs> at each other? Um, I'm gonna have to look at our episodes. I can't think of a single thing that we have watched recently. My brain... The Uninvited. Oh my god, it was oh, literally the last episode we It put was, out. it was. Yeah, so we have The House from Mother mm-hmm. as our option number one. The House and the Boathouse from The Uninvited. And now we have... The Apartments from... From Candyman. Yes. And that's it. That's all I wanted to sprinkle in there at the last minute. Thank you. Overall, I enjoyed this movie as a mm-hmm. watch, as a quick watch. One hour, 30 minutes. Yes. I may not revisit it. I think I'm going to revisit the original. Yeah. The overall horror of twenty the 2021 version just didn't hit for me, but I still see it as a fine film. Yeah. I think it was the gore for me that was better than the horror. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Which shall we rate it? Yes. Scary. Mm, I'm going to go with like a three. I'm going to say like three and a half. Yeah. Um, Unsettling? It didn't sit with me. For like two seconds after. Then I started cleaning my apartment. Three. Three. Story. Six. Yeah, I'm going to go with six or seven. And was it a paperclip? Paperclip? <laughs> Papercut or a bloody massacre? It is one bee sting that turns into a whole body scab. Ugh, I've never been stung by a bee or a wasp. I don't know what to rate it. Okay. Sometimes you can just not know your answer. I always try to think of something witty. Don't do that. It's one too many. Stop licking your lips like that. It's just <laughs> there's so much blood in my mouth now. Because it, it looks like this. <laughs> I'm just playing around in my mouth. Ma'am. Rummaging around. Ma'am, I please. Wanna, I don't want to trouble. Um, it has one too many hand hooks. Captain Hook is envious. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it. That's all. Podcast around TikTok. Everything. Insta- yeah. Okay. Good. Who cares? Yeah. Send us an email. Do it. If you don't send us an email after this, Candyman will freaking get you. I want to see an email. Ooh. Somebody go try the Candyman thing and then just write us what happens. Yeah. And I or, mean, but like, wait a full day. Not for him to show up, but just like, let me know how you were generally feeling afterwards. Were you scared? Would it be similar to Bloody Mary? Yeah, it's the same concept. Okay, sorry. Wrap <laughs> it up. I'm done. <laughs> Until next time. Dare to say his name. Candyman. Ew. <laughs> <laughs>